Well, this is Sports Grandma with another podcast. Today, I'm here with my son, Jim, and uh, we're going to talk about the new football league, the Alliance of of American Football. It was founded by two men, Charlie Ebersol and Bill Polian, and according to my son, they also own it. And the first game was the 9th of February. Um, The Hot Shots, which is the Arizona team, was named after the firefighters that we lost in Prescott a few, uh, how many years ago was that? You remember? Mm-hmm. It's about, well, anyway. Three or four years. Yes, and uh, there's eight teams, and uh, they're uh, owned and operated by these two men, but they're all, in, of course, in different cities. We were just lucky that we got one here in Arizona. So anyway, he went to the game, the first game last week, and um, I watched on TV, and it was fun to watch. Um, so anyway, Jim, tell us a little bit about the game and the highlights for you. Well, it's, it's a little bit different because um, Arizona is actually the only team out of the eight teams who already has a professional football team in its city. The others, Salt Lake City, San Diego, all those cities, it's a really big thing. So San Antonio, uh, watching the other games, people were really into, you know, because they didn't have a professional team. So going to the Hot Shots game was a little bit different being a Cardinal season ticket holder as well. It was uh, different in a sense that it was uh, fresher and it was at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe, which made it nice. And uh, the crowds were smaller, and it was a new league, and the expectations weren't as high as being a Cardinals fan, do-or-die type situations. We were just there to uh, have a good time, and it was uh, turned out to be a lot of fun. Well, and the other thing, too, that even watching it on TV and with you going out to ASU, even though football season was over here, uh, the season was so dismal for... Cardinal fans that it was fun to watch some teams actually make a lot of touchdowns and they don't uh, kick extra points they always have to do a two-point play after the um, they score which is always fun to watch because it's almost like making another touchdown that we also had some good field goals too and as well on the two-point conversions after watching all the two-point conversions being made you go to an NFL game, you're going to be screaming for the two-point conversion. <laughs> um, also, what did it cost to go, Jim? Well, the tickets were $40, $30, or $20. There were a couple hundred-dollar tickets, but I don't think they'll ever fill those up. But it was nice to just spend 20 to $30 for a great seat. All the, good, all the seats are really good at lower level at Sun Devil Stadium. It's... Mm-hmm. And you can move around. The ushers will mess with you. And it was a Sunday night. They moved the time to 6 p.m. So the attendance was a little bit low, but the fans were very enthusiastic. And the other thing, too, was I also was, when I was Googling this, um, I found out that their pay scale is the average is $75,000 per season, which sounds incredible when you compare it to what the NFL players are making. But they also get incentives. 
And let's say if the quarterback has a good game, then he's going to get a lot more money. If you have a bad game, then you don't get any incentives. Maybe they should do that with NFL players, but I don't think that'll ever happen because of their union. Mom or grandma, as you people know, that's always been my dream for the NFL. Is to have structured pay scale. Structured pay scale. Performance. And I don't think that the players would accept this. And like I said, the union wouldn't either. Um, One of the other things, too, that I noticed, that the players are very enthusiastic about what they're doing. They seem to have a lot of camaraderie on the the sidelines. And they were very excited about winning. So it was really a different experience than going to an NFL game. I share season tickets with my son, Jim. And um, I know this year, even the first game of the year, uh, my friend Susan that goes with me, we looked at each other and said, is this what the rest of the year is going to be like? And sure enough, it was. We had a couple of really exciting games, especially the last game against the 49ers when Larry Fitzgerald threw a pass um, to David Johnson in the end zone and the, the crowd went crazy. I think that was the best play they saw all year. Well, I think you see a lot of enthusiasm from the players because in, uh, in the league, the teams are each get the local players from their region. So you, oh, you're going to have players from U of A and ASU and Nor- Northern Arizona University playing and, and that makes them play for something in the area they have more to play for and um i i just thought it very interesting that the league the nfl could never do it because you would want your players players would be going to certain colleges just to play on certain teams but it's nice to see like will sutton for asu hadn't played for four years it was nice to see him back out on the field the other thing, too, is you were explaining to me about the four NFL teams uh, that this is actually almost a feeder team for them. So can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, they have a lot of uh, agreements with the NFL on players, like with contracts and whatnot. But each team does get four NFL teams. And it's tough for me being a fan because I have to accept U of A players being an ASU football fan and played for NAU, but you get over it. But the four professional teams get assigned to each AAFL team, and the four teams for the hot shots, of course, would be um, the Chicago Bears, the Baltimore Ravens, and, of course, us, the Arizona Cardinals, and, and the San Francisco 49ers. So all of you out there who do not like the San Francisco 49ers, you're a Hotshots fan. You'll have to get over it with the rest of us U of A fans as well. That was good, Jim. So anyway, uh, there's another game today at uh, 6 o'clock this evening that we're going to watch. They're out of town. Who are they playing? Oh, I didn't explain to you, though. And when the NFL teams, the players do not make those teams and they, they uh, Hot Shots have first rights to signing them. That's why those four teams are important. Oh, that's very interesting. So we'll have to watch because, uh, uh, and of course, this doesn't mean they'll be playing. They'll be finished with their season before the NFL starts again. But this is an agreement they have 
that they can send somebody to one of the to the hot shots they'll be practicing they just won't be playing okay so the next subject that i have is the nfl combine i've never really understood the combine that much um, on the um, internet it says that sometimes it's called the underwear olympics this is a place where your draft eligible players from college go to impress people um, it lasts from the 26th of february until the 4th of march and of course every day they have to go through different things and i'll have jim explain a little bit about what they do um i believe uh the combine is just a showcase for the players um mom what was the name you said it is called offhand the Underwear Olympics. The Underwear Olympics, because that's what you see a lot of. Some of us other fans call it the Westminster Dog Show. So you're basically, people come to watch you do the best that you can in certain drills. And after listening to my mom today, they have two, three days of uh, psychological and other tests that I remember a player not scoring very well on his um, NFL IQ test, in fact, very poorly, and he went down in the draft pick because of it. So my mom was reminding me that there is like three days of psychological and other testing besides the physical, the 40-yard dashes and weightlifting and jumping. Well, and also the there's a lot of interviews too. The Owners are invited, the uh, coaches are invited, uh, the general managers, and they all intermingle with each other. Um, even some of the broadcasters I know from KTAR, I heard that uh, Dan Bickley is going and um, with, with Nick Murata, so they will be there, or Vince Murata, excuse me, Vince. Uh, they will both be there also reporting on it, so when you listen to KTR during the day, some of it will probably come from there and you'll know what's going on. But like Jim said, this is a showcase and it will determine with some of them where they're going to be in the draft. We already know where number one's going to be and two, but we're not sure when it gets farther down. And so this is why the combine has a lot to do with it. But anyway, it's good talking to all of you again. Um, Please um, go to your hotshot games. Yes, go to hotshot games for everybody in Phoenix. A lot of my listeners are out of state, but shot, at least shot, they'll know shot, what's shot, going shot, on. Shot, 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 and um, please uh, uh, get me on Facebook. You can also uh, go on the internet and um, it's sportsgrandmaaz.com. And so I'll talk to you the next time and have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Sport Grandma. I haven't been on my podcast for almost two weeks, but I have my friend Tom here who took me to my first 
hockey game this week, uh, professional hockey. Um, I had never been to one. I was raised on the desert, and uh, I remember when the Coyotes uh, first came here and were uh, was sort of like a triple-A baseball team that played in the same arena where the Suns played at that time. The Suns later moved downtown, and then the Coyotes, the National Hockey League Coyotes, came here in 1996, and then they moved out to uh, an arena, a new arena that was built in Glendale uh, called Jobbing.com. But when they were downtown, they did share an arena also later with the Phoenix Suns when the Suns moved down there. Uh, they would have a basketball floor, and then underneath was the ice, uh, the ice rink for the arena. Um, the National Hockey League actually started in 1917, which was a long time ago. But the teams were mostly in the eastern part of the United States and Canada. Well, the, the original six we go back to were Chicago, Detroit, New York, and Boston in the States, and there was Montreal and Toronto in uh, Canada. So we had the original, the original six, and I'm, I'm not sure if I mentioned the Rangers, New York Rangers were in there as well. Yeah, we don't want to forget New York. Right. <laughs> so there, there were the original, those were the original six teams. Very good. And then the uh, when they built the new arena in Glendale, that was in 2003. And it was kind of out there all by itself. There was some shopping in an area called Westgate with res uh, restaurants. Uh, but then later, the um, football stadium was built uh, for the Cardinals. And now on game days, it's hard to get a seat in any of the restaurants out there. Um, it's, uh, there's lots of good parking out there. It's easy to get there from the freeway. So it's turned out that that Glendale area out there that used to be all farms, um, now has turned out to be a real sports mecca. And they've had Super Bowls there. We've had all kinds of events. Um, how is hockey accepted in the desert? Well, uh, hockey in the desert, we all have to realize we're a bunch of transplants from somewhere, most of us. So uh, you have a lot of transplants from uh, Minnesota, you have transplants from Chicago, you have transplants from Detroit. Uh, we also have uh, half a million plus Western Canadian visitors here annually that are down here during uh, our winter months. So. Uh, we, we, we get a lot of support from those fans that are Vancouver Canuck fans and Edmonton Oilers fans and Winnipeg Jet fans and Calgary fans. So uh, we're, we're fortunate for that. Uh, most, most teams uh, that, that, uh, that come here uh, have transplant fans in town, but uh, the Coyote base is growing due to the uh, seeding of the market that the Coyotes are actually doing. They're promoting kids hockey. They're promoting, uh, uh, they moved their AHL team from the East Coast to Tucson. So in the Tucson market, you have uh, hockey being introduced down there and the team is working locally 
with uh, the municipality down there as, as well as uh, kids, kids programs. So we're, we're fortunate in Arizona. Uh, we have uh, Lindsey Fry, who was a silver medalist uh, on the women's hockey team, uh, the USA team. She is now working uh, for the Coyotes. So uh, you have the Junior Coyotes program that skates out of Scottsdale, which was a product actually of Austin Matthews, who was the number one pick a few years ago for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So when people say hockey doesn't belong in a desert, uh, all we have to do is point to Austin Matthews and the success story that not only he has brought, but others behind him are bringing. You know, when I've uh, gone on trips and I've gone to cities um, in the East Coast and I say something about hockey in Phoenix and people go, well, how can they play hockey on the desert? And I said, we have beautiful hockey arenas and like Tom was saying, lots of people that have come from cold weather cities that went to hockey games there, so it's fun. And when I went there that I did notice that there's a lot of families there, a lot of women go. Um, but it's it's like baseball. There's a whole generation of new fans coming up that have gone with their parents, especially with their dads. Uh, my dad uh, uh, taught me about sports and used to take me to baseball games when I was a little girl. So I think that that kind of uh, exposure for young people with their parents is really important. Um, lots of people go as families and that's like an outing for them. Um, so anyway, Tom, um, what do you see as far as um, uh, hockey, let's say, in the desert? Would there Could there be more than one team or will there always just be one here? Well, I, I, I think the, the community is still embracing the, the Coyotes here, but as you look uh, throughout the United States, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Los Angeles, Anaheim, San Jose, um, those are all uh, southern markets that have done very, very well with hockey and the, and the NHL. So I only see our sport growing here in Arizona. And uh, as I said earlier, the Coyotes are working really hard in the community to, to, to grow hockey. They put up a number of street hockey rinks around the valley to promote the game of hockey. And uh, just the outreach that they're doing with the Junior Coyotes program in Scottsdale, uh, it's, 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 it's really amazing to see the, the, the level of, the talent level of the kids coming out of Arizona today. I've been fortunate to go see some of those junior uh, hockey programs in, in Arizona and you know the kids are six, seven, eight, 12, 13 years old and, and there's tremendous following and growth in, in, in hockey here in the desert. It's also good exercise. The other thing that was fun for me when I went Tuesday night to my first game was a lot of terms that they use, like uh, hat trick, which by the way, there was one when they played last night. On t I watched it on TV. Um, I did not understand the rules in the very beginning of the game. I had a hard time 
concentrating on the puck because it looks so much smaller when you, you're sitting in a seat. But once I figured out um, what they were doing as far as defense and everything, it really was very exciting. And um, there was an expression called battle board that I finally saw and Tom explained to me what that was. So there's a lot of, oh, and there was overtime, so we had a shootout. We had all of these things happen in one game that he was trying to explain to me, so it was fun to see it in person. Yeah, and uh, from from Mary Lynn's perspective, she, she, uh, she asked some really good questions. Uh, I grew up in Chicago and uh, got introduced to, the, to hockey through my dad, and uh, I remember as a kid listening to Lloyd Pettit, who was a radio announcer for the Blackhawks back in the day, and I'd go to bed at night with my transistor radio and my little headphone that was plugged in, and I'd listen to the Blackhawks games uh, with Lloyd Pettit, and he was one of the best announcers ever, and it made you feel like you were actually at the game. So uh, I go back to hockey, back to the mid-60s. I was a season ticket holder in Chicago for 17 years, and I've been a season ticket holder here for the Coyotes since 96. So uh, hockey's in my blood, and uh, it's, uh, we have a very, very solid base of knowledgeable hockey fans here, here in the desert. Well, and he also has taken his daughters to the games, and his oldest daughter was there with us the other night, and man, was she excited. She had on her jersey, and she knew the names of the players, and so it's fun to see. It's really, really good family time. Um, one of the other things, too, that um, I wanted to know was, um, I know that the Coyotes now are kind of fighting for a playoff spot. And it's I finally learned that when they win, they get two points. If they tie before they go into, or when they go into overtime, they get one point. So I'm assuming that each team gets one point when they go into overtime? Yeah, you, you get two points for a victory, you get one point for a tie. And then if you if you win in the, the uh, overtime time period or a shootout, you get an additional point. Oh, I see. So then how many points did they get Tuesday night? Two, they had two points. Oh, okay, total. Two points. And then, of course, uh, the teams that are ahead of them that are fighting for a playoff spot, they're also playing good hockey. Um, have the Coyotes had five or six wins in a row? We've... Uh, at, 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 as of today's date, I believe we've won eight out of the last ten games. Wow, wow. And uh, we've won uh, four in a row now here on home ice. And we've got a little bit more of a home stretch here that we've uh, got the benefit of home ice advantage. So we need to take advantage of this over the next three or four games and uh, stay, stay, stay strong. Because we're chasing Minnesota, we're chasing uh, Dallas. And uh, we, we need to take one of those two teams' spots if we're going to get into the playoffs this year. Okay, so hockey fans in Phoenix or wherever you are, if you're a transplant and somebody from Arizona that's moved to another market, uh, we want to keep rooting for them. Um, I want to thank Tom for coming over today and doing this broadcast with me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun for me to learn a new sport. 
And now I've got all my friends watching. So um, did you want to say? Yeah, I just wanted to close with one thing. One of the things Mary Lynn and I were talking, she asked me, she said, you know, what, what do you, what's, what's the most memorable thing that you remember uh, in hockey? And, and, and there's been a number of them. Uh, here in Arizona, it's been the whiteout during the playoffs. Uh, everybody wears white jerseys to the arena and, and wave the towels. And it's really an awesome, awesome experience to, to, to be at uh, in person. Um, my days in Chicago, I'd have to say um, when Bobby Hull's jersey was retired, I was there just like I was for Shane Doan the other night. And uh, I got to see the Stanley Cup hoisted in 92 at the old Chicago Stadium, but it wasn't by the Blackhawks, it was by the Pittsburgh Penguins who beat the Hawks that year in the Stanley Cup Finals. But to see the Stanley Cup paraded around the ice uh, and be there live for that, that's something I'll never forget. Well, didn't they at one time travel around the country with the uh, Stanley Cup and to yeah, different venues? I was thinking they came here to Phoenix there, one there, time. There's a little, there's a little, there's a little uh, information on that. There, there is one gentleman who is the keeper of the cup, and uh, he'll rotate that cup around. But the winning team of the Stanley Cup. Each player gets that for a period of time throughout the summer. So that cup will go to Europe if that player lives in Finland or Sweden or Czechoslovakia. Uh, it goes to different parts of Canada, it goes to different parts of, of the state. So that one person uh, is responsible for the safety, the maintenance, and the care of the cup. So uh, it's, really, uh, it's really an added benefit. Uh, babies have drank milk out of the cup. They've had uh, wine and beer. It's been dropped in a pool. It's been dropped off a deck. Um, it, there's a lot of stories behind the cup uh, over the years. Well, that sounds like a very important cup. So um, anyway, we'll keep cheering for the Coyotes and hope that they win it this year. So I'm signing off now. I'll be back probably in a couple of weeks uh, with the history of baseball in Phoenix because we're getting close to uh, regular season. We are in spring training now with lots of teams here. And uh, luckily our weather's warmed up from last week, so we've got a lot of pe people out at the baseball park. So anyway, I'll see you the next time I record. Bye-bye.